0: top of the morning to you if you're able please stand for today's reading chapter 8 verse 7 through 20 for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land with brooks, streams, deep springs gushing out of the valleys and the hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and silver and gold increase and, you, and all you have multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you'll, forget, and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the, that thirsting waterless land with his venomous snakes and scorpions brought you, out of, brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna eat in the wilderness something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that you in the end might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, and worship and bow down to them. I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. This is the word of God.
1: Thank you, Reggie. Well, it's good to be back. Good to see all of you. Um, I've been filling in for our son, Seth, who is the pastor at Trinity Presbyterian Church in St. Albans. He's on sabbatical, and he's actually with Tyler um, right now over in Croatia and Eastern Europe. And so I've been doing a series uh, at Trinity on the Lord's Prayer. And I thought I would share one of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer with you this morning, which is give us this day our daily bread. But just something uh, to be aware of, the Lord's Prayer has six petitions, six requests in it. Three of them have to do with God and three have to do with ourselves. So the first three are our Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the three having to do with ourselves are give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this is the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 7, give us this day, our daily bread. You face it every day, I face it every day, along with most of the people in the developed world. It's what Moses was warning the Israelites about before they entered the Promised Land. It's what Agar, son of Jacob, worried about in Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9. What am I talking about? The temptation of affluence. Because in the United States, we are an affluent people. Maybe you're thinking, me? Affluent? You've got to be kidding. Aren't you talking about people like Bill Gates or Donald Trump or Elon Musk? I don't have a private jet or a yacht or a multi-million dollar home. No, that may be true. But, how many of you have one of these? In 2022, it was estimated that out of eight plus billion people in the world, only 18% of the world's population owns a car, and that's probably a high number. How many of you have one of these and a place to use it? In 2017, it was reported that 40% of the world's population, or 3.2 billion people, do not have access to hand washing facilities with soap and water at home. 3.2 billion people. How many of you have a place to use this at home? In 2019, UNICEF reported that 60%, 60% of the world's population, or 4.8 billion people, either have no toilet at home or one that doesn't safely manage human waste. 60% of the world's population. Do you think these people would consider us affluent? The definition of affluence is having an abundance of wealth, property, or other material goods. It means prosperous, rich. The second Wednesday of every month, the U.S. Treasury deposits not one, but two checks into our joint checking account. Social Security checks. It just appears out of nowhere. The second Wednesday I can count on it being deposited in our bank account. And senior citizens begin to trust in the government that these checks will be there every month for as long as they live and they begin to trust in the government instead of in the Lord. But I'm not just talking about senior citizens. We're all blessed with a roof over our heads, clothes, food in the fridge, electricity, a telephone, running water, transportation, medical care, a tub or shower with hot water a bed to sleep in, blankets, shoes, a flush toilet, dishes, cooking utensils, a stove, or microwave. Need I say more? That's affluence, and that's a temptation. That's what Moses worried about with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 11. He said, when you have eaten and are satisfied, Praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. So there's the contrast. Remember to praise the Lord your God for your blessings. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God. How many Americans praise the Lord for the good land he has given us? Verses 12 through 14, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. This is the temptation of affluence. Moses continues in verses 17 and 18, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You see, we're not independent. We're not self-sufficient. We are utterly dependent on the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 30, which is titled, The Sayings of Agar, Son of Jacob, Agar prays, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I have too much. You know, when I drive by yard sales, and all of the new storage units that are springing up all over the place, they are a visual reminder that we have too much. Agar continues, give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? This is the temptation of affluence. Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Not too much, not too little. Those with too much soon forget their dependence on the Lord. And so we come to the second half of the Lord's Prayer, which deals with our needs, and specifically in the fourth petition, God's provision. The fourth petition we said is, give us this day our daily bread. And I have five things that I want you to notice in that petition. The first thing to notice is When Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray, he didn't say, this is how you should pray. Give me my daily bread. Me, my. That's not what he said. He said, give us this day our daily bread. It's a community prayer or a corporate prayer. Some people ask, well, which is more important, corporate prayer, the prayer of the body, or private prayer? That's like asking someone said, which is more important, the right wing or the left wing of an airplane? (laughs) They're both important. But in the Lord's prayer, Jesus is teaching us to pray as a community, our Father, and give us this day our daily bread. The second thing to notice about the fourth petition is it's a prayer for provision. Give us this day what is necessary for us. Bread is the staff of life, but clearly bread stands for what is essential. All of our material needs, the necessities of life, that which is sufficient, not luxury or overabundance. Give us the provision that we need. The third thing to notice, notice, and the New Bible Dictionary points this out, and I quote, We are confessing our utter dependence on God and looking to Him in faith and love to supply us with all things which we really need to enable us to live according to His will. our utter dependence on the Lord. You see, God could withhold the sun. That's what he did on April 19th, 1815. Over in Indonesia, Mount Tambora had a volcanic eruption, which is the largest eruption in human history. And it spewed so much dust and ash into the atmosphere, it went up 10 miles. It was above the clouds so that the rain couldn't wash it down. And within a year, it had formed a canopy over the earth. And in 1816, that was the year that Vermont never had a summer. How many of you heard about the year Vermont never had a summer? Okay, a few of you are aware of it. Some people called it 1800 and froze to death. In June it snowed on June 5th and 6th 18 inches and they had snow drifts up to three feet deep. There was a frost every month that summer. In October, they got two feet of snow. Things were so bad that they couldn't grow crops because they would get frozen. They couldn't work the ground because it was frozen. So between ten and 15,000 people left Vermont that summer. Many animals died from starvation. In 1816, the governor of Vermont, Governor Galusha, issued a proclamation We ought to enter the courts of the Lord with penitence for sin and prayer for provision. You see, people didn't understand what was happening and why they were having frosts every month and why their food was not growing and why they had no daily bread and they thought that it must be because of our sin and we need to go to the Lord and pray for forgiveness. And it was the governor who issued a proclamation saying that the people of Vermont needed to do that. You see, God can withhold the sun. He can stop the rain. He can make the land barren so the farmer, even with all his machinery and chemicals, cannot raise a crop. He can send a late frost in Vermont like he did this year and kill all of the blossoms on the apple trees and destroy many of the apple farmers' crops. The folly of the world is thinking that there is no God, that we are independent of God, that we are masters of our own destiny. Let's be frank. This month, we had major flooding in Vermont with at least one drowning death, millions of dollars of damage to homes, businesses, crops, roads, and infrastructure. And I hear lots and lots of talk about global warming being responsible for these natural disasters we're experiencing, like destructive tornadoes and hurricanes and wildfires and sweltering heat and famine and torrential rains and resultant floods. It's all the result of global warming and you know what? If we can just put our heads together, get more electric cars, reduce the carbon emissions, get off of fossil fuels, we'll solve the problem. We'll take care of the global warming. It's all us. Not once have I heard on national news the confession that our affluence, our material prosperity, that in our prosperity we've forgotten God and that we're guilty of no longer praising the Lord for our blessings that we no longer recognize our utter dependence on him. That we're guilty of saying my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. I question, are we being destroyed as Moses warned in Deuteronomy 8:19 and 20 as a nation for not obeying the Lord our God? For forgetting him? for following, worshipping, and bowing down to other gods. The focus on global warming encourages us to overlook a more basic underlying issue. Now don't misunderstand me here. I believe in global warming. I know warm air can hold more moisture. However, when we believe in God as our creator and sustainer of the universe, who is all powerful and in control of all things, then global warming, earthquakes, floods, and fires are his instruments to get our attention, to bring us to our senses to bring us to confession and repentance or else to bring his judgment. Why do we as a state, why do we as a nation, why do we as a world community fail to see the bigger picture and acknowledge our utter dependence on God? our creator and sustainer. How about Vermont's Governor Scott issuing a proclamation like Vermont's governor in 1816 saying, we ought to enter the courts of the Lord with penitence for sin and prayer for petition. Have you ever heard that today? The truth of the matter is we cannot live one day without the Lord. Nothing would continue without being sustained and kept going by God. Our very life, our health, each breath, each heartbeat is in God's hands. We're utterly dependent on His grace and mercy. John Calvin said, the ultimate test of faith is to trust God for everything, including the least things, the needs of our flesh. So that's the third thing to notice about give us this day our daily bread, is we're confessing our utter dependence on God and looking to Him in faith and love to supply us with all things which we need to enable us to live according to His will. The fourth thing to notice is that trusting God does not negate activity. It doesn't mean you just pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and then we sit back and do nothing and expect that God will provide for our needs. We're asking God to make our activity profitable. We don't just pray and sit back and do nothing. We're working and asking God to bless our work. Give us this day our daily bread. And the fifth thing to notice is that it is our Father who gives us our daily bread. The Lord's Prayer is addressed to our Father who is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. George Mueller was a pastor in Bristol, England in the 1800s. He actually founded and ran an orphanage and he operated on faith never making their needs known to other people but praying that God would meet their needs. And he said, I'm not expecting everybody to run their business or their orphanage in this way, he said, but I'm doing it to show people that God is real and that he still hears and answers prayer. And there were many days when it got to be five o'clock in the afternoon and George Mueller was there with all of these orphans and they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And they were praying for God to give them their daily bread and there would be a knock on the door and someone there with a basket saying, I thought you might need this. And that was their food for that night. Well, George Mueller was also a pastor, as I said, and he had a parishioner who was working 16 hours a day to support his family. His health was slipping. He had little time or energy to read the Bible or pray and George Mueller suggested that the man work less and devote more time to his walk with God. You need to work less and devote more time to your walk with God. The man complained, I'm barely making ends meet as it is. I have to work as hard as I do to support my family. And George Mueller replied, My dear brother, it is not your work which supports your family, but the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. It is our Father who gives us our daily bread. You see, the God of the universe knows your needs and mine. Providing not only our daily bread, but providing redemption. That the Lord of the universe would be concerned about you and me enough to send not only our daily bread, but also to send his only Son Jesus as the bread of life, that we might be forgiven and restored to fellowship with him daily. Let us pray. Our Father, forgive us as a state. Forgive us as a nation for succumbing to the temptation of affluence and for failing to praise you for all your blessings. Forgive us for forgetting you, and instead for following after other gods and worshiping and bowing down to them. As a state, bring us to our senses. As a nation, bring us to our senses. Help us realize our utter dependence on you. Help us to confess our rebellion and acknowledge our need for you and your salvation. Thank you for your daily bread. Thank you for your bread of life. Thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. This we pray in his name. Amen.